Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the book of Daniel. And we ask that today we will learn something more about authority. In Jesus' name, amen. So what is your reaction to authority? Are you a rebel? Do you enjoy rebelling against anybody who stands up and thinks they're important? Or are you a conformist who does what they're told because they're told it? Or maybe you're something in between, a kind of, I like to do it my way, but I do acknowledge that there is some authority. If we have no authority, then I think the world will crumble. But sometimes those who are in authority and have positions of authority abuse the, that authority. And so we have to learn, like Daniel, to speak truth to power. And it's quite a critical thing to have to do. So in this passage that we're looking at today from Daniel's book, we're going to hear about the latest interaction between Daniel and a king called Nebuchadnezzar. But I'm going to call him Nasty Neb for short. So, King Nebuchadnezzar thought he owned everything, thank you. He thought he knew absolutely everything, and he had a huge sphere of influence. Can we keep... Will it go on? I know that others do it. Oh, no, that's not mine at all. There should be another one. Don't worry about it. Okay. King Nebuchadnezzar owned everything. He owned everything from the Mediterranean Sea, what you might think of as the Fertile Crescent, that whole swathe of land from Israel, from Cy not Cyprus itself. There, if you can see the screen, you would be able to see it, this whole swathe of land that he owned, and he had brought slaves from all different countries. He had a huge sphere of influence, and he thought he was God. And then... He had a dream. And in this dream was the one that brought Daniel to his notice. Because King Neb had a dream, and instead of telling people what the dream was, he asked them to tell them his dream, tell him that his dream, and interpret it. And because Daniel was close to God, Daniel interpreted the dream because God helped Daniel. So, King Neb was really delighted, and he acknowledged Daniel's God, but he didn't make Daniel's God his own. And this is key to what we're thinking about today. King Neb acknowledges that Daniel has a God who can do amazing things, but he does not make him his own. And not long later, as is usual in human things, God is forgotten. And Neb thinks that his own power is totally supreme. And he rules by a mixture of bribery and cruelty. So those of you who can see the picture can see a statue on top of the world, a golden statue on top of the world. Bow down to my statue or I chuck you in the fiery furnace. Not much of an option, is it? Not much of a free choice. 
he's doing bribery or corruption. And last week we heard that Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego refused to bow down to Neb. To, they refused to bow down to the statue and were thrown into that fiery furnace. But God rescued them. King Neb saw that. He knew it was so. He saw a fourth person walking in the fiery furnace, unharmed, unsinged, and he acknowledged their God. But once again, he didn't make him his own. Thank you, Barbara. Would you like to come and read the first bit for us, please? So we'll be reading from Daniel, obviously, and we're going to start at verse 19 of chapter 4. And if you're following it in a pew Bible, it's page 889. Then Daniel, also called Belteshazzar, was greatly perplexed for a time, and his thoughts terrified him. So the king said, Belshazzar, do not let the dream or its meaning alarm you. Belteshazzar answered, My lord, if only the dream applied to your enemies and its meaning to your adversaries. The tree you saw, which grew large and strong with its top touching the sky, visible to the whole earth, with beautiful leaves and abundant fruit, providing food for all, giving shelter to the wild animals and having nesting places in its branches for the birds. Your majesty, you are that tree. You have become great and strong. Your greatness has grown until it reaches the sky and your dominion extends to distant parts of the earth. Your majesty, saw a holy one, a messenger, coming down from heaven and saying, cut down the tree and destroy it, but leave the stump bound with the iron and bronze in the grass of the field, while roots remain in the ground. Let him be drenched with the dew of heaven. Let him live with the wild animals until seen sometimes pass by for, by for him. This is the interpretation, your majesty, and this is the decree that Most High has issued against my Lord the King. You will be driven away from people and will live with the wild animals. You will eat grass like the ox and be drenched with the dew of heaven. Seven times will pass by for you until you acknowledge that the Most High is sovereign over all kingdoms on earth and gives them to anyone he wishes. The command to leave the stump of the tree with its roots means that your kingdom will be restored to you when you acknowledge that heaven rules. Therefore, your majesty, be pleased to accept my advice. Renounce your sins by doing what is right and your wickedness by being kind to the oppressed. It may be that then that your prosperity will continue. Thank you, Barbara. 
So you see, all these things which have been happening have been King Neb, bribery or cruelty to other people. And he has acknowledged God, the one true God, but he's never accepted him as his own. He hasn't accepted the authority of God. So now God sends him another dream, a dream of an amazing tree, fantastic tree, a tree which was huge. And King Neb looked at the tree. Here you are, you see, that's me, King Neb the Magnificent. I'm wonderful. I did all this. I'm great. But he never acknowledges that God is over him, that God is a higher authority. And God gives him a chance. He says, you need to acknowledge that you may be a magnificent king, king over all this land in the fertile crescent, but there is a higher authority. Change, King Neb. Turn away from your practices of bribery or cruelty. Turn away. Why? Because there will be impending doom. God warns Neb of this impending doom. If you do not do what you are supposed to do and follow my authority, then the tree will be chopped down and all that will be left is a root and the root will be in the ground. And what happens to that root will depend on what you do and how you react to me as God. I wonder, does he heed the warning? Perhaps Barbara can tell us. So now we're at verse 28. All this happened to King Nebuchadnezzar 12 months later as the king was walking on the roof of the royal palace of Babylon. He said, is not this the great Babylon I have built as the royal residence by my mighty power and for the glory of my majesty? Even as the words were on his lips, a voice came from heaven. This is what is decreed for you, King Nebuchadnezzar. Your royal authority has been taken from you. You will be driven away from people and will live with the wild animals. You will eat grass like the ox. Seven times will pass by for you until you acknowledge that the Most High is sovereign over all kingdoms on earth and gives them to anyone he wishes. Immediately what had been said about Nebuchadnezzar was fulfilled. He was driven away from people and ate grass like the ox. His body was drenched with the dew of heaven until his hair grew like the feathers of an eagle and his nails like the claws of a bird. So he's driven away. Have you ever seen the film, The Madness of King George? Maybe it was a bit like that. His dream is fulfilled all because he wouldn't acknowledge the one God. 
He is driven away from people. And he is mad. His fingernails grow, his hair grows. This is a man who has been pampered and looked after, fed food and wine, dressed in wonderful clothes. And there he is, possibly in, even just in his own garden. There was a huge, we've all heard of the hanging gardens of Babylon. He was driven out. So what happened to his kingdom during that time? Daniel. Daniel's what happened to the kingdom. Daniel and all the other appointed leaders carried on. They kept the place going because Daniel knew he'd heard the dream, hadn't he? He knew that if King Neb would come to his senses and would acknowledge God, he would be restored to his kingdom. So the kingdom was continued, but King Neb was brought down to size. I wonder if there are any kings, not necessarily kings, but any people that we think could do with being brought down to size. So what happens after that? Well, we're now at verse 34. At the end of that time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, raised my eyes towards heaven, and my sanity was restored. Then I praised the Most High. I honoured and glorified him who lives forever. His dominion is an essential dominion for his kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the peoples of the earth are regarded as nothing. He does as he pleases. He does as he pleases with the powers of heaven and the peoples of the earth. No one can hold back his hand or say to him, what have you done? At the same time that my sanity was restored my honour and splendour were returned to me for the glory of my kingdom. My advisers and nobles sought me out, and I was restored to my throne and became even greater than before. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and exalt and glorify the King of Heaven, because everything he does is right and all his ways are just. And those who walk in pride, he is able to humble. Thank you very much, Barbara. Those who walk in pride, God is able to humble. And this comes to the end of the time in the book of Daniel. that We hear about King Neb. He has acknowledged, he has finally twigged it, that God is in control. God is in ultimate authority and he will ultimately rule. And the other thing that King Neb has done is not only has he acknowledged it, he wrote it down and told people. This whole chapter that we've been reading, if when you're doing this in your house groups, 
Look at the beginning of the chapter and you will see that it's written as if King Neb is writing it. He is acknowledging to all that he has been told by God and he has been allowed his power back because of God. So let's take a pause for a moment and think. What do we learn from all of that? Who is it that is in authority over us now? here in 2023. For those of you who can't see, I've got some pictures. There's a crown, the king, queen, whoever, put in authority by birth. That's the way that works, in authority over us. And we have all just recently heard our king say, I come not to be served, but to serve. That is a way that we can be holding authority. Another picture here of somebody saying, follow me. Someone in authority encouraging us to follow them. Beware. Follow the wise. Do not follow those who go in the wrong direction. We are called to consider and think who it is that we follow. On social media today, there's lots of following going on. It seems to be the thing to do, to follow someone. Follow those who are doing the right. Then there's somebody in the law courts, a person in the law. We require the law, we need law. If we have no law, there will be anarchy. But if those who are in leadership in the law are doing it badly, then we need to know how to address it. There's a picture of a police car. We need our police, but we need our police to also be doing the right things. There is political power in number 10 Downing Street. That is a voted in power. We should be using our votes to make sure that the people who go into power are the right ones. And finally for us, particularly today, there's a picture of a bishop. We all are under the authority of the bishop if we're ministering in a church. I had to sign a paper as a licensed lay minister that I would follow the bishop in all things lawful and honest. So if my bishop asks me to do something unlawful or dishonest, it is up to me to speak up and say. But how do we react to them? We react to them in the way that Daniel did. Did you see how at the beginning, when he first heard about King Neb's dream, he was sad, he was worried. This king, something bad is going to happen to him. He had an empathy with the king and he worked alongside him to help him see and he supported him while he was ill. This is what we are called to do, not to rubbish someone else's authority, but to welcome them, to support them and to work alongside them. And how do we do it? By acknowledging 
that God is in control by praying to him and acknowledging what he has called us to do. And finally, what are we learning? What are we taking away from this passage? God is the supreme authority and we need to acknowledge his authority and worship only him. And then, what if we are the ones in authority? There's a lot of people in this place today who have authority of all sorts of kinds, leaders in all many different ways. Then we have a bigger responsibility because we have to wield our authority under God, acknowledging him. And with that authority comes responsibility. We are responsible to the people that we have authority over and to God. So if you have responsibility and authority this week, I urge you to use it in a right manner. And finally, if you want change, then you must be willing to change yourself. If you want change, you must be willing to change yourself. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are in ultimate authority. We acknowledge that at times we don't understand why you allow things to happen which seem hard and hurtful. But Lord, you have the bigger picture and you call us to serve you with love and care. You call us to speak truth to power. Help us to do that with love and care. Amen.